Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cara, acne can be tough. Whether your kid is just starting to get breakouts or has been struggling with them for years, there's a great product that can help. Phyla is the ultimate game changer. It tackles acne right at its root cause rebalancing the skin's bacteria and packing it with probiotic phages. Phyla harnesses the superpowers of probiotics, tiny warriors targeting and wiping out the acne-causing bacteria. In studies, Phyla slashed acne-causing bacteria by a whopping 90%. Phyla doesn't just fix acne you can see. It stops new breakouts in their tracks. It has no harsh chemicals and won't irritate or dry most skin. Phyla's three-step system is like a dermatologist-approved magic potion. Cleanse, apply serum, and moisturize twice a day. As a special treat for our listeners, you can grab 25% off your first order of Phyla. Head over to phylabiotics.com, enter code PUBERTY at checkout, and kickstart your family's journey to acne-free skin. Check out the link in our show notes for quick access. Hi, I'm Cara Natterson. And I'm Vanessa Cole bennett Each week, we dive into the what and how of raising kids through puberty, that roller coaster of physical and emotional shifts for kids and parents alike. Combining reliable science and relatable parenting strategies, we will all learn about, laugh about, and yes, maybe even cry about adolescence, ours and theirs. Hello, Vanessa. Well, that was an unusual hello. Hello, Cara. <laughs> Yes, you know, we're going to talk about a topic today that comes up a lot, a lot, a lot in the world of pediatrics and adolescent psychology and school administration and parenting. It is the topic of shoplifting. I bet you weren't expecting that, listeners. No, because people don't think puberty and then think shoplifting. But you know what? Take a minute. And now let me just say, puberty and shoplifting, they do kind of go together. They do because it's all about decision-making and peer influence. And testing limits. And limbic system, our favorite challenging friend. And developing a moral compass and all of it. It's all of it. And so, so we had a listener DM us and I'm not going to read the whole DM but I'm going to paraphrase a little. I'm going to paraphrase my favorite part, which is when the listener said, all parents should listen to your episode, Good Kid, Bad Decisions in relation to shoplifting, which I, I really appreciate. I wholeheartedly concur. Yes. Yeah. But the question was basically not about decision-making per se. It was about shoplifting. And yes, how decision-making factors in, but also why is it so normal? Why is it so typical? 
I shouldn't use the word normal with it. Why is it so typical? So common. And so common, right? And why isn't there a playbook for how to handle it, given how common it is? And why, even though we have explained and this listener heard loud and clear this concept of developing brain and poor decision-making and impulsive decision-making, why does this seem to be one area that kids routinely find themselves, right? I think the bigger, broader question when kids get older has to do with drugs and alcohol and risk-taking, but when they're a little bit younger, particularly in middle school, it almost universally boils down to shoplifting at some point or another. So this listener's question is why and how do you adult around it? So we raise kids, you know, with the Ten Commandments or some version of a family's Ten Commandments, right? You shall not lie. You shall not steal. You shall not murder, hopefully. And yet, with the exception of that one, they do a lot of stuff they're not supposed to. They do a lot of stuff they know is wrong. They do a lot of stuff we tell them is wrong. And it's infuriating because you're like, why can't you just do what I'm asking you to do? I mean, when we were kids, the shoplifting, I actually never shoplifted, but I know lots of people who did. There was a Woolworths in the town that I grew up in and people shoplifted the wet and wild frosted lipstick. That was like the big You haven't time-stamped yourself (laughs) at all. (laughs) Actually, it's probably back in or it was like back in before like the brownie colored lipstick of the 90s came back in. But it's sitting right there, right? This opportunity, this thing that you want, this thing that your parent told you they wouldn't buy you, this thing you can't afford or maybe you can afford on your allowance. It's kind of like the marshmallow test, you know, the marshmallow test that they do with kids. Oh yeah. That study. I'm sure you like, right. So like... I love that study. Do you want to describe it? Sure. I'll do a mediocre job of describing it. So it was a psychological study from the... When does it date back to, Cara? You know, I don't know. But while you're telling the story, I will get that information. Dr. Google's going to let us know. And essentially... A child was in a room, essentially an interrogation room, which is like slightly troubling, with a two-way mirror and the adult would put a marshmallow in front of the child and they would say, you can have one marshmallow now or if you wait, I'm going to leave the room and when I come back, if you can wait, you can have two marshmallows. So it was was a test of self-control, of impulse control, of all sorts of things. And I mean, I think most kids just couldn't help it and ate the marshmallow, right? Yeah. So filling in some details. Uh, See, I was, told you I would do a mediocre job. You did a great job. Dr. Google did the uh, even the better, better job. job. Don't so, use Dr. Google for anything never. but the Don't marshmallow Don't ever use test. Dr. Google. And in fact, the top of the Dr. Google search has a disclaimer saying there are two dates when these studies were done at Stanford, by the way, 1970 and 1972. And so early 70s, we're going to say, these studies were done in Stanford. And they really looked at, you're right, sort of one way of describing it as impulse control. Another is describing it as delayed gratification. Are you able to I don't to know delay... the meaning of the word delayed <laughs> gratification. Exactly. 
Who among us does really? <laughs> so, well, between the two of us, it would be you over me. You're so funny. <laughs> that is, you know, sadly true. Unless um, it was a I, piece of bread. And then it what would I be love you. is there's some details here. Like, for instance, I did not know that it wasn't just marshmallows. If you don't like marshmallows, that wouldn't have been much of an incentive for you. So you were offered pretzels. Hmm, who knew? How many children for whom were, were pretzels Vanessa, a better incentive? There's always of, one. We have a lot of shoplifting to discuss. So we're not <laughs> going to go down the, the pretzel <laughs> rabbit hole. But what's fascinating is that there were follow-up studies that looked at who was able to wait longer. And they actually looked at things like, quote unquote, life measures things like your SAT score. I don't think I would call SAT scores a life measure, but anyways, or they would look at how many years of education one of the kids in the study got, or they would look at body mass index and you know all these different measures over time. And the question was, is it your willpower that is driving your choice or not? So that, that is the marshmallow study. So I bring that up. I bring that up to sidetrack us and also to indicate that like the marshmallow, the parallel was shoplifting, right? Your kid testing, your middle school kid testing their independence, a high school kid testing their limits, and there's a thing that they want or maybe don't want. That's that, key. Maybe they don't even care. Right. And they just want to take it. And Car, can you set us up with some scenarios of how this might go down? Like what are some ways in which we might see this situation happen? I mean... Our listeners might be surprised to hear this, but I can't even count the number of times that I saw families in my office where they would come in for one thing, a cold, a rash, and they would bring up a shoplifting scenario. Or they would call me for advice about something going wrong with their kid, what's going on, shoplifting. So there are so many examples, which is why I think it's a very salient question because it's a very typical question. But the scenarios generally look something like this. Group of kids get together on a weekend or after school. It's usually a small enough group that it can be kind of a coordinated challenge. It's not usually a humongous group. It's usually like three, four, five, six kids. And one among them typically challenges another among them to grab fill in the blank, pack of gum, you know, a canister of deodorant. You know, sometimes they get funny and cheeky. Sometimes it's just, you know, what can you grab? A roll of toilet paper if they want to be funny and they want it to be bulky. Depends how steep they want the challenge to be. But it's almost always an instigator. And I'd say as often as not, that instigator is very willing to participate. So it's not like the instigator is the coordinator and is making the other kids do it, the instigator is very often willing to show at the beginning, this is how it's done. Now everyone else do it. It's sort of a, and I don't want to get too into the sort of anthropological or sociological reading of what's going on and being a member of a group and rituals and all that. But I would say there's a lot about rituals that are important in terms of social group building. And I do think personally, not being a sociologist by training or a psychologist by training, I do think some of what happens with shoplifting is actually that. It's actually group dynamics and belonging dynamics. It's almost never something of real significance. 
the term shoplifting, in fact, almost determines that it's a petty crime as opposed to stealing. As opposed to grand theft auto. Yes, exactly. So (laughs) stealing is like when there's a need and a bigger item is taken, usually kids will use that word. They stole a, you know, film like, or, you know, someone might steal a phone, for instance, but shoplifting is really a petty crime, so to speak. If you listen to enough of our episodes, you'll hear us preach the importance of air, particularly down there. Airing out body parts reduces sweatiness, stinkiness, and skin irritation. And it feels amazing to air it all out after a long day in tight, sweaty clothes. Which is why we created the Oom Short. Super soft, lightweight, with wide legs and a low crotch. All help air flow. Designed for all genders in all sizes, literally down to kids extra small and up to men's extra large. Everyone who wears them tells us they've never been so comfy. Get your shorts at myoomla.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Vanessa, we literally have three minutes to eat lunch every day. I am not joking. And the challenge is how to make it delicious and healthy and still fit into that tiny window. Our answer is factors ready to eat meals. They have been a godsend. We throw our factor meals in the microwave. It takes two minutes and out comes a gorgeous, fresh, never frozen meal. We both love the tamale vegetarian one. It's delish. There's a ton of options every week. There's 60 add-ons, breakfast, snacks, beverages. I love doing the wellness shots with my kids. They think it's hilarious. And I know they're getting vitamins and minerals in their bodies. So get meals on your table or at your desk in two minutes or less. Factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. You can customize with flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. And you can press pause or reschedule depending upon your lifestyle. So to order... Go to factormeals.com slash puberty50 and use the code puberty50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That code is puberty50 at factormeals.com slash puberty50 to get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next box. And I am going to go do that right now because I need more factor meals in my refrigerator. Cara, lately I have been lying awake at night. I'm physically exhausted, but I can't sleep because my mind is so wired with everything going on between work and my family. So I've added magnesium breakthrough to my nightly routine and it actually helps calm my mind. It helps me get better sleep and I wake up feeling better rested. I'm less cranky and I'm more patient with my family and with you. Oh, I've noticed. And it's because unlike other magnesium supplements that might give one or two formulations of magnesium, Magnesium Breakthrough has seven. 
That's why you're sleeping so well and waking up refreshed. Now, dietary supplementation is always best, Vanessa. So that means eating your minerals and vitamins is the best way to get them in. But if you can't or you don't get enough, magnesium breakthrough is the way to go. It can also help digestion, though too much helps your digestion too much, which is not a good thing. It can support muscle recovery. So bye-bye, Charlie Horses. And it helps build dense bones, which is especially important for women approaching and in menopause. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can go to buyoptimizers.com slash puberty, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com slash puberty. And you can use the code PUBERTY10 during checkout to save 10%. That promo code is PUBERTY10 at buyoptimizers.com slash puberty. Your body and brain and family and business partner will thank you. I want to go back to something you said, though, about belonging. Kids this age are seeking to belong probably more than anything else. And when we run workshops with kids around friendship and being part of a group, that sense of belonging, that yearning for belonging is probably one of the most powerful forces in their lives. Frankly, much more powerful than whatever their parents told them that morning or have been telling them for the last 10 years. So while I will make a blanket statement that Cara and I do not condone shoplifting or stealing of any kind unless it's to feed a starving child, I will say that having empathy for that desire for belonging, that wish to be part of a group is so powerful and so strong. And we can all remember a time in our lives when that overshadowed anything else, including the moral and ethical compass that our parents had tried to instill in us. And I think that's an incredibly important framing for the question. The parent who wrote in is a parent who felt, I think, a little bit flabbergasted by the fact that they had raised this child who turned out to do something that was not just illegal, but also unethical. And, you know, as Aliza Pressman said in our live podcast, and she's so right, when our kids do things like that, when the kids we know, and we have a hand in raising do things like that, the biggest fear in her words is that you've raised little shits, right? That you've raised people who don't have a moral compass. And I think the first thing to say about shoplifting is, while it could be the first step on the road to a life of crime. Generally, it's not. Generally, shoplifting is, as you've described, Vanessa, something that kids do in order to belong. We don't condone it, but we do build the empathy piece around it because I think addressing kids who are engaging in that behavior does require both sort of a a clear set of consequences and a clear outlining of why it's not okay but also a little internal recognition as to why one might do it. Can I add an interesting twist from this DM? Yeah. So the follow along to the questions about shoplifting were as follows, that when the parent actually sat down with the kid and started talking it through, that the child turned around and said, 
while I would never shoplift from a small mom and pop store, because that would harm these people who are really working very hard to get by. I would only do it from a huge chain store where there are really no victims, right? Because there's it's sort of the big owner in the sky and the people who work there just work there and it feels like a victimless crime. That wasn't the child's words, but is that, that the was most the... Gen Z like moral? I gotta say I statement. loved that because what that said to me was parent do not worry. This child has a moral compass. It doesn't make the shoplifting any better. It doesn't make it any less wrong, but it does make a parent or an adult who's raising a child take a little bit of a an exhale and say, okay, at least my kid is thinking about it. Now, it's a false narrative, right? So stealing from someone who runs a mom and pop store is no better or worse than stealing from a large chain store. I think we need to help kids rewrite that story differently. But I did think it was an interesting twist because the parent was struggling with the moral piece of it as well as the actual piece of the theft. And I think that takes a little bit of the morality off the table. Well, and we don't know what the policy is at the big box store. I mean, maybe they have a policy where employees are seriously docked their pay or fired right. for missing items. We have no idea. So that's like the TikTok equivalent of a shoplifting moral dilemma. It's like <laughs> so hilarious. I, I do want to make one statement about shoplifting and okay. We did an episode with Jonathan Crystal about the legal impacts on kids of color, particularly Black boys versus other ethnic and racial groups. And so for people listening who are raising Black children, particularly Black boys, this conversation, I imagine, feels very different than for parents of kids who look differently in that. I mean, there was just a nine-year-old girl. Someone called the cops on a nine-year-old girl who was catching lantern flies in her yard. And someone called the cops on this child who knew the child and called the cops. So the racism and the inequity, both from the part of onlookers and from the legal system is very concerning. And the implicit bias, right? I mean, the implicit bias and the fear for people who are raising kids of color who know what the justice system is like and is unfair. I don't mean to be flippant about shoplifting, but it is so common and kids of all backgrounds do it even for stuff they don't even want. I mean, that's also the crazy thing. It's like you assume a kid is going to steal it because it's something they really, really, really wanted and you told them they couldn't have it. No, it's like, as you said, Car, it's stuff like they might not ever use or wear, but it's the thrill of having taken something. It's the adrenaline rush. And there are adults who do it too, by the way. Yeah, Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder, right? That was a very famous case. And she did not need to steal from, I believe it was sex, where she was trying on fancy outfits. Yeah, I mean, most people, I don't think, shoplifted (laughs) sex. Well, again, not a victimless crime. Who knows? knows? (laughs) But I would love to reframe it back to the original question or the original prompt, which is sort of, in the vein of, is this normal? Yes. Pushing the bounds and testing limits and acting impulsively in order to impress a peer group, those are all typical and normal behaviors. 
And unfortunately, sometimes when we talk about pushing bounds, we often talk about it as pushing the bounds of the adults who are setting the rules. In this case, they are pushing the bounds, not just of the adults who are setting the rules, but they're pushing the bounds of the law. And there can be very serious consequences. And while most of the time there aren't, most of the time store owners are extraordinarily forgiving, particularly if kids go back in and hand back the item and apologize, even if it's a day, a week, a month later, which is a really important step in terms of forming that moral compass, sort of once you find out a kid has done this, to have them go and apologize and acknowledge and look someone in the eye and without shaming your kid, they're owning something. It's a really incredible step. It can be a very painful step. Sometimes, you know, the kids are on the receiving end of a lot of hostility. So I wouldn't send them alone to do it. I would go, if you're an adult in the situation, if that's your choice to have the, the conclusion be, let me have my child go apologize, go with them for their safety and just to be able to have some closure on it. So Cara just walked you through a little bit of the scripting and a little bit of the actual response. And as tempting as it might be to turn to your child who has shoplifted and say, who are you? I didn't raise you to be this way. You're a disgusting human being and I'm so ashamed of you. We don't want to globalize. We don't want to say you are this person. You can say, I'm really disappointed in how you acted. I'm concerned about the choice that you made. I feel like it's pretty clear in our family that we don't steal, but maybe we need to talk through what our expectations are and how we treat other people and other people's property, right? But we want to leave room for them to feel remorse, to apologize, to also role play with you what they might do in the situation again. I mean, if they were feeling pressured by their peers to go and steal that wet and wild lipstick, you might want to say, okay, well, let's try it again. What can you say differently next time? What language do you use? How do you get out of it? How can I help? You can always throw me under the bus if you are in an uncomfortable situation. You can say, oh, I just forgot. I got to go meet my mom or I got to go FaceTime my mom about a tutoring thing. Whatever it is, walk them through because I got to be honest, this is not the last time your kid is going to be in a situation where they feel pressured to do something where they feel excited to do something that maybe isn't such a great idea. So helping them build the muscle of getting out of it before they get into real trouble is a really useful next step in this situation. And I think it's a really important piece to add in that if you give them space, they can also explain why. Maybe we think we know what motivated them. Maybe we think it's to belong in the peer group and that's not at all what motivated them. Maybe there was something else. Maybe they just really wanted a piece of gum and they didn't have cash in their pocket and they thought that was an easy solution. Maybe they were trying to impress someone who was not even there and they were, you know, they wanted the story value. Maybe there, there are a million scenarios. And when, you know, I always say to my kids, the old, you know, when you assume you make an ass out of you and me, it is as true for us as it is for our kids that assumption here really does not serve us well. And when we tell our kids why they did something, when the answer is, I know you shoplifted because you wanted to impress your friends, that shuts down the conversation. That may be true. 
but let them disclose that. Leave, as you said, Vanessa, leave room for that. I love that. So Cara, don't shoplift. If you need to, you can borrow the money from me (laughs) for the wet and wild lipstick, frosted lipstick. (laughs) And to our listener who sent in the question, thank you for sending in the question. We have all been in a moral quandary with our children. You are not alone. And we appreciate your trusting us with this question. If you, anyone else listening, if you want to send us a DM via Instagram at the Puberty Podcast or email us, thepubertypodcast at gmail.com, we are getting the most incredible questions and scenarios from listeners and we absolutely love them. So keep them coming. We will keep answering them as fast as we can. And if any of you out there have language that has worked particularly well in the case of shoplifting, because it does happen in the majority of homes at some point in time, please share that too. And we will share those suggestions on our Instagram and TikTok feeds or on this podcast. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Cara. Bye, Vanessa. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. You can follow us anywhere you get your podcasts or check out our Instagram at The Puberty Podcast. If you have questions or stories to share, email us at thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. And for more puberty info, check out myoomla.com or dynamogirl.com. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.